Welcome to Between Two Barrels, a twice-weekly podcast recorded at Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery. Between Two Barrels is a show that highlights legends of all shapes and sizes from across the state of Tennessee. From the queen of country Dolly Parton to the elusive Tennessee Wildman. From our head distiller to our legendary staff and products. On this show, you will learn some terms of the alcohol industry, as well as learn some awesome recipes for food and cocktails alike. Join us as we journey through the volunteer state to bring you stories of legends that involve the beautiful state of Tennessee, from country music as well as rock and roll royalty, cryptids, distillery origins, carbonated beverage beginnings, and everything in between. This show truly highlights what makes a legend a Tennessee legend. Greetings, legends, and welcome to another episode of Between Two Barrels Podcast. I am your host, Opie, and joined by the co-host, B-Lo. What's up, B? Not a whole lot, man. Just trying to continue to rest and recuperate Mm -hmm. from the continuing holiday season. Mm -hmm. Um, This is, of course, our first episode back in the studio since... Since Christmas. Christmas, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had recorded the Krampus episode yeah, before the holidays. The, since the Christmas uh, episodes dropped, we had a Sani episode and a Krampus episode drop. And uh, those were great. And uh, even though Christmas is over, we figured we would wrap up the December month with at least one more Christmas time tradition, holiday time t- tradition, um, legend of the season discussion. Uh, but we'll get to that. I noticed that you were in a back brace. I know that the holidays can be rough, and I just uh, I hope that Katie wasn't too bad to you. No, no, she was absolutely fantastic. When, when she pushed the... you down the steps, I, I imagine. <laughs> no, um, not the case in this instance. Um, I wish there were a cool story to go along with it, <laughs> um, but uh, it's one of those things, like I saw a, a photo this morning uh, scrolling through Facebook. Speaking of Facebook, of course, don't forget to follow us yes. on all the different platforms. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Studio 66 on both of those platforms. But um, I saw an image and it said, if you know what this is, how are your knees and back right now? <coughs> and it was the uh, a picture of a mouse ball. <laughs> And I was like, dang, that really <laughs> just hit home on that one. And yeah, like I wish I could say that, you know, I either got ran over by reindeer yeah. uh, or, you know, duped it out with Krampus, Krampus. Or, or something like that. No, um, just bending and twisting the wrong way and, and age definitely is, is starting to take its toll on that type of stuff. So I have to be careful not to do certain things at the same time. If I am stretching... Like bending over, like getting up in the morning or, you know, a little pre-bed stretch. I can't yawn or sneeze at the same time I'm doing it. Oh, the muscles will just wind up just, nope. Just can't do that. You can't, can't do, do that, that at the anymore. same time. Not at the same time. And then I'm rent for a week and a half, two weeks. It's that, absolutely insane. That, that seems to be how it is. But no, um, we actually had, uh, in the new house, we had our first Christmas with 
everybody on her side of the family mm-hmm. that was going to be joining us uh, come over during the day, and then my side of the family came over and joined us for the evening. Um, so our house was pretty much packed all day Christmas Day with the dogs and everything else. I mean, they did great. Um, she has to deal with with lots of people collectively mm-hmm. is, is something that she doesn't do all that well unless she so she has to work up to fully prepares yeah. for it. Um, I get that. So yeah, but uh, she did great throughout all of that. Um, the stresses didn't get the the better of her at any point in time, and she didn't like retreat, but. Right now, she's definitely hibernating, as it mm. were, to to try to recollect some energy. Yeah, so I get that. Uh, we uh, it's a pretty good holiday season, uh, despite everything going on in our lives of of our family. All the the ups and downs and roller coaster of a year twenty twenty three has been. Um, what started out great at the twenty twenty three with getting married and all that. Uh, once we got back from the honeymoon, it was like off to the races we were on the roller coaster and just left and right and left and right and uh, up and down and corkscrews and loop-de-loops and and uh thought I, it was going to come off the roller coaster a couple times i actually wanted to ask you something about that real quick um because i know that and not in a in a negative connotation yeah. um but this being your second go around mm-hmm. uh with marriage and stuff like that did you find or have you found that you have had more struggles and trials and tribulations in the short period of time with this marriage compared to your previous one? No. Uh, it was actually, everything was much easier. Not just the getting married, but, and I think that it has a lot to say with like the type of person that Madison is and the type of person I've grown into being post that first marriage. Um, Things I learned, you know, corrections I made to either my myself or who I allow myself to be surrounded with. Right. Um, you know, I, I, I make this joke, and and I don't I don't mind making making the joke on air. Um, if I had been through therapy and found more of who Tyler was, like the the ADHD that kind of went undiagnosed the depression years ago before the first marriage i wouldn't have had the first marriage okay because i have learned what i deserve and who to surround myself with who to put in my circle over the years and had i known that then there wouldn't have been a first marriage and and that's that's just me being bluntly honest okay um because i I feel better about myself i get you and what i deserve so that no the second time has been unequivocally easier better for me mentally um so you're more prepared to face the challenges yes the challenges themselves have the challenges themselves been bigger challenges yes. this go around now the challenges the have go. been much bigger challenges because i am 10 years older and it seems that the good lord or, or karma or odin or whoever who, who are the universe whoever whoever's in charge of throwing the things um, and I think it happened because, you know, we, we talk on this podcast about shifts and swings and yeah. pendulums and the, the stuff that goes out and the stuff that comes in. And I think that my sister hit it the nail right on the head when she said, this past two years have been rough between my mom's surgery and the stuff going on with my parents and then dad's surgery and then, you know, full disclosure, 
him going to rehab and all that because, and this feels weird saying, when millions of people were dying in a pandemic, we as a family thrived. Right. We didn't have any serious losses or serious ailments. We hunkered down together. We grew closer. We had great game nights. Birthdays were above and beyond. Like like one of the things we did was a murder mystery party. And then the amazing race for my brother. And then for Mother's Day, we basically did like a whole winery charcuterie thing. And like, so we went big. When millions of people were dying, we had a lot of great karma. Right. And so somewhere that had to pay off. Right. So the last two years have been like, look, 2020 and 2021 was great for y'all, but, but you're going to have to pay it back somewhere. Right. And 2022 and 2023 <clears throat> happened. So we were like, it's only fair, you know, because right. the swing, the pendulum swing. But the fact that you've been able to endure. Oh, yeah. If we weren't, if we didn't grow strong like we did in 2020 and 2021, then we wouldn't have survived 2022 and 23. Right. As a family, as me and Maddie, as as a couple, uh, my friendships, like if, if if they hadn't have grown strong when the world was on fire, then when the world got put out and we became on fire, right, we wouldn't have survived it. Good. So and, and yeah, kinda, the second time around is I would not have. Right. And that's first time around, if any of this had happened, I I would have disappeared and moved to like Timbuktu or something. Okay. And this was kind of going more for the fact that you were more prepared for it and also the 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 reward that comes after is of course going to equal the the struggle mm. that was have to be put in mm. and and knowing that i guess in this instance what you have had to yeah endure like i say is is going to be worth it oh sure. gosh yes absolutely so and good. despite that we had a great and we we finished off the christmas season with uh, my brother and my adopted brother gustavo and my mom coming over to the house last night and we watched a movie and we cooked them dinner uh, my sister was under the weather so she wasn't able to came so we had uh, uh, instead of a tour of italy i set it up like a flight to italy oh like okay. flights of things you chose nice. and we watched the hill a new movie that just came out it's got dennis quaid in it. it's a baseball movie and it hmm. is the true story of ricky hill Okay. The the player who grew up uh, with a lot of physical ailments, uh, but made it to the minors, and and pushed good through. Feel and good story. A great story. Fantastic story. Dennis Quaid is is a character that he normally doesn't play. He's you know you kind of see him as like he's he's the father of Ricky Hill, and he's not a villain, but he's not exactly the best character. And you're just kind of like man, Dennis normally doesn't play these. Right. Mean. Like he's a preacher. He's not mean. He's just like it's what I say. There's even a line, you know, spoiler, he says, I thought I was instilling God's will on my son when I was instilling my will on my son. And it took him years to realize what he was doing. Kind of like the the preacher from Footloose. Yes, yes, very very similar to the preacher in Footloose. So it's a great movie. I highly recommend it. It's called The Hill. Uh, quality, quality cast. I, I kept seeing Colin Ford's name in the, the credits, and like I was watching him, he plays Ricky Hill, and... I was like, God, this kid, I know that name, and this kid seems familiar. And I looked it up, and he was young Sam in all the flashbacks in Supernatural. Oh, okay. He's all grown up now and doing some co- some cool stuff. So I highly recommend that movie. I do. Uh, but, yeah, here we are. We're back in the studio, back to work. Uh, I know you had to pick up a Newport 
shift yesterday at our Newport yeah, location. Uh, one of our two normal Newport ladies. Uh, we have two ladies that run that store the entire year. Uh, they each work three and a half days throughout the week to be able to make sure that that store is maintained. And they were needing a little bit of a break. Uh, so we sent in the reinforcements. Deservedly the, the so. Cavalry. They, they run that store Oh, and have our top sales as far yeah. as individuals. That's insane. Week in and week out. Usually one of the two of them are on the top of the list. Mm-hmm. And if they're not on the top, they're second or third. Yeah. I mean, they there's very rarely, very rarely. And and it usually comes after top five. Either a time where they're closed or they've they've missed work for some reason yeah. is the only thing keeping them that's off the list. Yes, the that's only, the only reason thing why they're not that's keeping there. them off the list. Uh, but yeah, Laura's up in Michigan uh, spending some time with family. And Ma had covered quite a few of her days. Mm-hmm. Uh, needed some time off. So yeah, um, I went down there yesterday. Uh, Bonnie's down there today. Because mm-hmm. uh, it is the 28th of December. Um, we are now in the midst of Hell Week. Mm. Uh, in so many different businesses, uh, the week between Christmas and New Year's is is for uh, returns, for additional sales, people going out spending gift cards, um, yeah. you know, people going in and exchanging things. Uh, the mail system, mail service is still bogged down just because people are still, once again, using those gift cards to purchase mm-hmm. things from online. Uh, or or having to ship back things that were incorrect or whatever the case may be, um, everything is still full fledged, just balls to the wall. Especially here in this town because mm-hmm. we have so many different businesses and entities that do New Year's events mm-hmm. and countdowns, parties. Uh, go sleep with the fish up at um, yep the aquarium. Excuse me for the overnight. Or anything like that. Uh, so, so many things to be done. So much fun to still be had. Um, but for anybody that works in the retail business in any capacity in this area is is in for, uh, as it is, a hell, hell of a week. It, yeah. As it is hell week. Uh, restaurants the same. Anything retail, restaurants, hotels, tourism driven. Um, we're in it for a few more days. But once we get past that. Uh, if you've never been here during January, February, it, of course, for the most part, is a ghost town. It is. So. <clears throat> it is. Yeah, we're 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 trying to make it over the course of, might as well say, the next five days. Yeah. Uh, and then beyond that, we should be good to go. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you're out and about, don't forget to come in and sample with us and get you something. And uh, we are still doing a deal on our online store. Yes, the online sales are still going through the end of the year, um, but we are temporarily shut down Mm -hmm. for a few days for maintenance and inventory. Um, But because we did have to shut down early, we are going to continue doing some sales throughout the month of January. So just make sure to keep up with the Tennessee Legend Distillery socials, uh, Facebook, Instagram, all of those, uh, and you'll be able to see any and all that information. Absolutely. Absolutely. So the final tradition of the season that we're talking to December legend of the season uh, and there's still so many more so next December we got tons of other things to talk about oh yeah and there were so many Christmas things and, that we didn't touch on mm-hmm. even on some of these other ones that we oh, can yeah. go back and talk about this is a fun one um, this item sent as part of the traditional celebration of Christmas in order to convey between people a range of sentiments related to Christmas tide and the holiday season. 
They are usually exchanged during the weeks preceding Christmas Day by many people, including some non-Christians in Western society and in Asia. Traditionally reading, Wishing You a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, there are innumerable variations on this item, with many expressing more religious sentiment or containing a poem or prayer, Christmas song li lyrics, or biblical verse, while others focus on the general holiday season with an all-inclusive season's greetings. The invention of the first modern version of this item is credited to John Calcott Horsley. Now, these are generally commercially designed and purchased for the occasion, and the content of the design might relate directly to the Christmas narrative with depictions of the nativity of Jesus or have Christian symbols such as the Star of Bethlehem or a white dove representing both the Holy Spirit and peace. Now, many of them also show Christmas traditions such as seasonal figures, i.e. Santa Claus, snowmen, and reindeer, objects associated with Christmas such as candles, holly, baubles or ornaments, and Christmas trees, as well as Christmas time activities including shopping, caroling, partying, and other aspects of the season such as snow and wildlife with of the northern winter. Some secular versions depict nostalgic scenes of the past such as crinoline shoppers in the 19th century streetscapes and others are humorous, particularly in depicting the antics of Santa and his elves. And if you have not guessed by this time, we are of course talking about Christmas cards. Christmas cards. So, how about you? What's, what's your family's M.O. whenever it comes to Christmas cards? You know, I think one time, one time we actually, as a family put together some pictures, put together some updates, and actually sent out a Christmas card to a list of people one time in our lives. Grand were you driving at that point in time, or was it before you were able no, to? No, it was, uh, was pre-COVID, a few years before COVID actually happened. Uh, it was just something that mom wanted to do, um, so we all kind of, you know, this is where each individual is at in life, and here's some pictures of our family from the year and Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. And, and we did it. We did what, but we typically aren't that type of family in the aspect of, let's say, the modernization of Christmas cards being something more like a Facebook. For instance, like, we're, we're not ones, I used to be kind of bad about it, like putting stuff out on and social media and stuff like that that really like at the end of the day is like no one else's business right you know like oh you know my mom's doing this or my dad's doing this so so prayers you know or right tots and pears tots and pears yes i finally realized that a it doesn't really change things and b like unless it's like a dire need like it's really we've we're kind of a close to the vest family okay we don't tell a lot of the ins and outs of our family to the world because we also have family members who tell too much right to the world and we're like oh my god nobody cares like really like you know your your page and a half long facebook posts about everything going on in your life right to this day and i think it's what social media has created in in giving 
so many different types of people around the world a platform to tell everyone about themselves where it used to be Christmas cards. I mean, and there'd be some times where we would get Christmas cards from friends and family, and I'm not going to mention any names, where we would read six, seven pages. So-and-so had surgery yeah. here. This and this person's going to this, this school to get yeah. their master's. And, and we would read it, and part of us would be like, it's, it's very kind that we're on their list, but this has nothing to do with so, us. So almost like the the tradition of a family reunion got yeah. reduced to we're going to tell you everything about the family In over Christmas the last card. couple of years over the Christmas card or mm-hmm. what got adopted more into a Christmas letter yeah, or newsletter, Inst- family we newsletter. We would literally get Christmas newsletters from people that we we don't see much anymore. And, and I get it. Like, I get the the kind of need and the kind of want to like update other people on the life that you're having right but at the end of the day you know too much is is uh kind of like don't let them know too much don't let them know your next move don't let them you know because then it can be used against you or 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 do they really care do people really care like because i finally realized like nobody really cared about the long posts i used to make right like you'd get a like, you'd get maybe a few likes, maybe one person text you, comment or, or yeah, comment, would reach and say, out. hey, hope. A, but at the end of the day, like, uh, I think that we just never have been that Christmas card family, right? And I don't want to like down people who are Christmas card families and do use that as like if that's your prerogative, power to you. And like, there's no judgment here. It's just not something we do or we are. We did it one time, and then we were like, let's not do that again. So is that something that just kind of stopped with your parents? What about Grandma? I'm, they didn't do it either. Okay, it's just so kind of that's a, just, just kind of a, you know what, that's our, that's, if, that's our thing, and that's our business. And if it's really worth talking about, then, you know, it'll be a personal conversation. Yeah, face-to-face. You know, face. like, hey, I need you to say a prayer. Or, right. You know, I need. I want you to know this is happening. For instance, like a lot of the stuff that has gone on over the past year or so with with my family, like it is a very, 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 very small circle of people who know. Right. And it's only those who need to know. Bosses. Yeah. Um, to do with work. Um, my wife. Um, my best, my two best friends know a little bit. Other than that, like when things start moving and like it starts to, Morristown start Morristown has started realizing that they're separated uh, and it's you. shocking people I'm like I, did, I have not because I didn't tell you right because like it's none of your business none of your business what's the thing we're dealing with right and you know if you're someone who needs to know the whole story yeah. then you would know the whole story it's like the only thing that you're going to do anyway is just sit there and talk about it and yeah. speculate with information that you don't else. have yeah exactly so Exactly. So, I take that mentality, and I, I've always looked at Christmas cards that that way with too. The, with the same kind of like you know what I, I, it's very nice. Like we we did get some this year, me and Maddie, like personally for our, and we did hang the picture up on our on our fridge, and it was very nice to get updates and and I get it, but most of me is like, ah, you know, I don't care about it much of this stuff. Right. Like, um, I don't care that you get to do all this cool stuff. Stop bragging about it. 
Like, that's how I kind of look at it. Like, is this a brag? Honestly, I mean, in some instances, especially if a majority of it is about the sender or the sender's direct family, then yeah. I mean, how how could you not look at it as that being the case? And, And in most instances, it's, oh, any other portion of the family it's negative things that get brought up but if it's specifically about that particular Mm -hmm. person's direct family then it's all you know sunshine and sparkles it's like (laughs) i'm so glad that your daughter could afford to get her master's that you all got to go on a seven-day cruise to alaska that you guys got to uh meet Harrison Ford that but like like the listing of it all like and they got right. to do this and like I'm so, some of us are having a shitty year right like it doesn't make me feel better yeah, that you all get to do all that right <laughs> you know so right. and those are just examples like I, I didn't get a card like I'm the one who met Harrison Ford right years ago so like that's just a for instance but like sometimes I see the cards as like oh, I'm so glad your life's going so great uh, you, you know <laughs> Merry Christmas <laughs> kiss my ass. Kiss, kiss my ass. Kiss kiss ass. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> um, I I have had a grandmother who was the person that had everybody's birthday written down, sent out birthday cards to every everybody in the family for their birthday, um, sent out Christmas cards to everybody in the family or to each family during that time of year even going to church there was a table at the very back usually where the um, ushers or like couple of the deacons or something would sit back in the back and usually they would be the ones that would uh, walk around with the collection plates and stuff like that but during the holiday season on this table especially leading up to what would be the the main Christmas congregation for the season, um, people would just put Christmas cards back there at on the table, and like each family wound up with their own stack of Christmas cards. I mean, think of it as almost like whenever you're in uh, grade school and mm. it's Valentine's Day, and then you know you've got your box and everybody drops their Valentine into your box or whatever, and and whenever you're at that age, you're basically just getting one from everybody. Um, And I guess in in this instance, I mean, it's the same thing. I mean, it's almost like, oh, you can't be the person that didn't, you know, give Christmas cards to everybody. So you either printed something out or whatever the case may be, but still put something down. Um, And Katie and I have talked about it. We've actually bought Christmas cards multiple times with the intentions of filling them out and sending them out. But life, of course continues to Finds happen a way. right to get in the way <clears throat> and we never really are able to get those out and usually what happens and the same thing that happened this year is that we find ourselves doing a digital Christmas okay. card in a sense yeah um, and for us it's usually just including the doggos mm. uh, and maybe some other imagery from around the the house decorated and stuff like that the tree uh, what have you that gets sent out but regardless, I mean, it's all just a way to express or just to, to say in in most people's minds 
with the card, not the the full letter and everything yes. else. Yes. Uh, but just a greeting card to say, basically say, hey, thinking about you this season. See, or, those, those I don't mind You're on mind my mind so this time of year. Those I don't mind so much. Just something cute, right. short, sweet, little signature. Or, or like with us, with Merry putting Christmas. the, you know, the picture of the dogs in a little yeah. collage or something like that. It's like, here's, here's some, some of the things that bring pictures. us joy. Yeah. We hope it brings you joy. Yeah. You, that you're sort on of our thing. Mind. That kind of stuff. That's what I think a Christmas card should be. Just a, here's a design, even if you want to say, like, you know, this design was created by my nephew just for the season. Right. You know, like. I asked Carolina, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mallory's daughter. To draw. Hey, a, draw a, a, a what you want on the front of a Christmas yeah. card or what you think would be a cool front for a Christmas card. And that's what we're going to use to saying. be able and to And it's a little it. message, but like, you're on our mind. Yeah. Hope you're hope you're have a blessed holiday. Love the lows. Yeah. That's what a Christmas card should be. These people who send letters, man, I'm just like, oh God, we don't care. Right. I'm so glad you're getting your fourth degree. Looking to satisfy your sweet tooth while visiting the Smoky Mountains? Check out Adina's Sweet Shop, a treasure cottage of baked goods nestled in the heart of the Smokies in Gatlinburg. They create the most delectable homemade cupcakes, chocolates, pastries, pies, and so much more, including over 20 flavors of the best ice cream you've ever had. And don't forget to check out their selection of boozy favorites as well. Locals and visitors alike have raved about Adina's desserts, and once you've tried them, so will you. At Adina's Sweet Shop, there is truly something for everyone. Just minutes from Dollywood or the mountains, you can find them at 170 Glades Road in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, or online at adinasweetshop.com. And tell her you heard about them from Tennessee Legend Distillery. Now, for anyone who may be interested in the history of Christmas cards, it's another tradition that has been around for quite some time but is in pretty much all aspects except unless you want to consider something like Christmas lights or light shows or anything like that a Christmas tradition one of the youngest Christmas traditions of course is the Christmas card or the sending of a greeting card during the Christmas time of year as we've learned throughout this month a majority of the normal most recognized Christmas traditions go back as early as the 4th century B.C. and have been adapted by several different religious groups, ethnic backgrounds, and things like that and formed into a celebration or traditions of their own. But the first known Christmas card was sent by Michael Mayer, not Michael Meyer, or Michael (laughs) Myers, uh, to James I of England and his son Henry Frederick, the Prince of Wales, in 1611. Oof. So, yeah, like I said, it's a, a very, very recent tradition. Yes. Uh, in, in retrospect. Yeah. Compared to a lot of the traditions, it's one of the more recent. Funny enough, it was not discovered until 1979 by Adam McLean in the Scottish Record Office. So the first known Christmas card to be sent out was sitting in a Scottish Record Office from 1611 to 1979. Imagine if you could go to the archives of any kind of old establishment 
the the types of things that you could find in the archives. That's crazy. Um, makes me wonder of like how many places around the country there are that are like the warehouses that, albeit it was one oh. of the worst Indiana Jones movies yeah, in my opinion. Yeah, but the warehouse Crystal Skull was a more prominent moment of that movie. Yes. Like holy crap, we're just collecting this stuff. <clears throat> like all these different yeah. artifacts are just sitting around in yeah. in this random Including warehouse the somewhere. Yeah. So. I wouldn't be shocked. Um, it was handmade and incorporated Rosicrucian imagery with the words of the greeting, a greeting on the birthday of the sacred king to the most worshipful and energetic lord and most eminent James, king of Great Britain and Ireland and defender of the true faith with a gesture of joyful celebration of the birthday of the lord in most joy and fortune we enter into the auspicious year 1612. Wow. So in other words, greetings this, to this you. This is just an idea. Basically, that hey this James. guy had, this uncle had. Yeah. That he, and he did it. And this person like probably here, just went, oh cool, I'll put it in the drawer. Yeah, I, I, I put a, <laughs> which is what happens to most greeting yeah. cards. And then someone discovered it in 1979 and went, holy crap, this is a Christmas card. This is a Christmas card. this is, what we've been doing for years, and this one's dated 1611. Like, yeah. this is a Christmas card. Huh. And and it, translating, I mean, it, not that it needs, like, really tra- translated, but basically he's like, Dear James, yeah, wishing you, you know, you're awesome. You're the king of England. You've been doing a great job. Just wanted to let you know, Merry Christmas. Thank you for defending and, the true faith. Yeah. And hopefully we have a, a, a really good new yeah. year in 1612. Yeah. Don't, wow. don't mess it up. Don't mess it up. Now, the first commercially available card was commissioned by Sir Henry Cole and designed by John Calcott Horsley in London in 1843. The central picture showed three generations of a family raising a toast to the card recipient, and on either side were scenes of charity with food and clothing being given to the poor. Allegedly, the image of the family drinking wine together proved controversial, but the idea was shrewd. Cole had helped introduce the penny post three years earlier, with two batches totaling 2,050 cards were printed and sold, that year for a shilling each. Now, Cards to find are... a decent Christmas card, it's, you know, you can buy a box of them, but you get a box of five for ten bucks. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So you're looking at two dollars a piece, but you can buy individual greeting cards, yeah, birthday cards. Decide who's getting the cool design and who's getting the random cardinal. That's right. always on a, on a oh, card. Oh, that's something else. Have you ever noticed whenever you see photos or uh, any sort of images where it has cardinals on it and it's like yeah. depicted as them being like a couple of sorts. Yes. But two red ones? Yeah. Yeah, because scientifically that is incorrect. Yes, because the female cardinal is a that would be, more of a, a, a brick That color. would be considered a same-sex yes. uh, couple in the bird world. Yes. If they're like, oh, these two red cardinals. No, the male's red. Yes, only the male has Only the, the male's red. Uh, while both the male and female have the tuft, the signature yeah. tuft on yeah. the crown of the head, uh, yes, the yeah. the female colors are definitely more muted, including tones of 
um, earthen brown and more earthen red tones mm-hmm. as opposed to the bright, vibrant red and black that is only on the male cardinal. Yes. But early British cards rarely showed winter or religious themes, instead favoring flowers, fairies, and other fanciful designs that reminded the recipient of the approach of spring. So, more so, the Christmas cards are like, um, here's just a friendly reminder that spring is right around the corner, mm-hmm. so don't lose hope during this <laughs> this dark, this cold lonely, time. cold time. Humorous and sentimental images of children and animals were popular, as were increasingly elaborate shapes, decorations, and materials. At Christmas 1873, the lithograph firm Prang and Mayer began creating greeting cards for the popular market in Britain. The firm began selling the Christmas card in America in 1874, thus becoming the first printer to offer cards in America. Its owner, Louis Prang, is sometimes called the father of the American Christmas card, and by the 1880s, Prang was producing over 5 million cards a year by using the chromolithography process of printmaking. So in the first year that cards were commercially produced, they were able to produce, or the, the original creators were able to create 2,050 cards that sold for a shilling each. And then fast forward several hundred years in the 1880s, the Prong and Mayer printing company was printing over 5 million cards a year. For no doubt more than Oh, and I'm sure they were being sold for far more than a shilling. I'm sure the cost at that point in time would have probably been a shilling. Now, the production of Christmas cards was, throughout the 20th century, a profitable business for many stationary manufacturers with the design of cards continually evolving with changing tastes and printing techniques. The now widely recognized brand Hallmark Cards was established in 1913 by Joyce Hall with the help of her brother Raleigh Hall to market their self-produced Christmas cards. And as they say, the rest is history whenever it comes to Hallmark, who now has their own full-fledged channel production company countless other things that you could add to that list that started in 1913 so they are just celebrated uh, right over a hundred years of being in existence yeah. going from printing and selling greeting cards to now producing multiple movies throughout the year overproducing watered down swill if you ask me <laughs> right <laughs> with the same plot line. it's the same plot line <laughs> You see multiple uh, humorous posts poking fun at that very thing, saying, Mm -hmm. after many, many years of thought and research, the Hallmark Channel has finally come up with a new plot. A second plot line. Now, the Hall brothers capitalized on a growing desire for more personalized greeting cards and reached critical success when the outbreak of World War I increased demand for cards to send to soldiers. The World Wars brought cards with patriotic themes, idiosyncratic studio cards with cartoon illustrations, and sometimes risque humor 
caught on in the 1950s. Of course, I mean, if you're in a foxhole somewhere over in Europe, you yes. know, you might need a little whatever to help yeah. you to get through. So yeah. all kinds of cards were Patriotic available to be cards. able to send. Uh, I would imagine that they Some created boudoir-type cards yeah. to send to their soldiers. And probably a lot of, uh, how do I word this, certain things like to go against the enemy you're fighting, maybe oh, to make oh, fun of. Um, not necessarily propaganda, but, but yeah, in that vein. Artistic uh, propaganda, possibly. Yeah, yeah like... Um, to give them something positive look, to look at Popeye and dressed laugh up, at. And, yeah, yeah, Popeye dressed up or, you know, an American soldier dressed fighting, up as yeah. fighting against whatever yeah. the, the power would be yeah. at that given point in time. Now, yeah. nostalgic, sentimental, and religious images have continued in popularity, and in the 21st century, reproductions of Victorian and Edwardian cards are easy to obtain. Going back to, to Hallmark, since 1913, we're finishing up 2023, so it's been 110 years since uh, the Hallmark Company first printed and got sent out their first greeting cards. And mm. now what they've grown into since then, it's just insane. Off of a folded piece of paper with images and words on it. Now, modern Christmas cards can be bought individually, but are also sold in packs of the same or varied designs. You are talking about earlier, you got to sit down and figure out who's going to get the good design and yeah. who's going to get the random design. In recent decades, changes in technology may be responsible for the decline of the Christmas card. The estimated number of cards received by American households dropped from 29 in 1987 to 20 in 2004. So even going back then, the number of Christmas cards being sent out or ones being received had dropped drastically from the 80s going into 2000s so over technology. the course of yeah 20 years yeah and the increase in technology just emails is is pushing it out and yeah email and telephones send an, allow send an email yeah allow for more frequent contact and are easier uh for generations raised without handwritten letters especially given the ability or availability of websites even themselves offering free email christmas cards so the fact that in school anymore, they're not even showing or teaching, filling out a, a formal letter to send out to anyone no. or anything like that or how to no, fill out an envelope, you, you have just lost no. that. You know, it's I, if I can't hand deliver it to you because I see you frequently. We learned how to do I'm all that stuff. Send it electronically. When I was in fifth grade, because we did a writing campaign to... At the time, Tennessee House of Representatives member. He was House. He was in the Federal House of Representatives, but he was for Tennessee. Van Hillary. Okay. And out of everyone in my fifth grade class that wrote to Van Hillary, um, he, I don't know if he randomly chose or he liked my question better, but he only answered three people, and I was one of them. I'm still having a tote somewhere. Like the whole class? Yeah. Or like the yeah. whole school? Or? The whole fifth grade class. Oh, okay. So like 40 of us between All two right. classes. Well, still, wrote. that's a good percentage. Three out of 40. Or yeah. one of three out of 40 or 50. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, somewhere in a tote that my mom has is the letter to me from him 
the postmark, everything, the envelope. But I learned in fifth grade how to address an envelope. Yeah. And now they don't teach that kind of stuff. No, I mean, the, the life skills that are basic life skills that people would need to know. Taxes. Most people are not learning until well after they get out of primary education. Mm-hmm. Primary, primary education, in my opinion, going all the way through graduating high school. Yes. And yeah, there's some a lot of people have a part-time job, and some people, in, in many cases, a full-time job. When they receive Even that first uh, that first W two, they're like, "What do I do?" Yeah, I didn't. I didn't this know. Isn't something that I can do some trigonometry. Yeah, you know, I know the Pythagorean theorem. Yeah, thank God. Right. But I still, even at thirty four, get confused with taxes and stuff like that. Yeah, I know the Hippocratic oath, yeah. but I can't. I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I can say the pledge of allegiance just fine. Yay for me! You know, it's and <laughs> it's I don't sad. know how to do taxes. And it's or really an Excel sad. spreadsheet or any of that stuff. They don't teach any of that stuff anymore. It, and, like and we have, a, we're doing uh, Clue. Encore's doing Clue. Yeah. And our assistant stage manager is a junior company member who wants to learn a bunch of this stuff. She's 14, about to turn 15. And we mentioned like releasing uh, post-rehearsal notes in right. an Excel sheet to email to all of us. Almost 15 years old, I don't know how to do an Excel sheet. I don't even look at it in my email. I'm like, yeah, but you're a teenager. Yeah, but things are different now. How do you get the information? Like, how do you... It's all, like, direct messaged or dropped in a Google Drive or... Like, so you don't even check your email. She's like, no, we don't use email anymore. It's all just dropped. So everything's getting dropped into a particular box. Box. Or, That's or how students look at things now. They don't even get emails from schooling anymore. It's all just in a box. So you go click on this link and it takes you directly to... Everything's not only digital, need. but they're now out doing already digital things. Like emails becoming a thing of the past. Wow. It's insane. That's, that is very much. Now... Earlier we talked about commercial Christmas cards. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to talk about commercial Christmas cards. Yes, oh, I okay. see. The, I see okay. the, the inquisitive look on okay. your face. Um, in this instance, what I'm referring to is many businesses, from small local businesses yes. to multinational enterprises, send out Christmas cards to people on their customer lists as a way to develop general goodwill or retain brand awareness and reinforce social networks. Michael and Dwight going out with the Christmas baskets, yes. making sure that you know they are maintaining the yeah. the bigger clients that they still yeah. have. Um, I enjoyed some cookies from Luell Shipping Solutions. That's true. Today, uh, they brought by a tray before the holidays, along with a gift Thank card. Thank you for and your partnership. Um, here's, here's a gift. We we are in the process. I mean, we're unfortunately not going to get it out, of course, now. <laughs> yeah. You know that it's after the, the Christmas holiday. Um, but one of our partners, Guns to Hammers, um, which is one that we're going to have to include in one of the legends that we discussed mm-hmm. um, coming up in the 2024 season. But, yeah, we're doing the same thing. It's just a way to say, hey, thanks for being in business with us. Thanks for giving us thousands upon thousands of dollars. Here's a folded piece of paper with printed ink on it. Uh, or, of course, the different gifts. But, no, it's it's just a way, as it says, to continue to promote goodwill between 
business partners, as it were. Uh, these cards are almost always discreet and secular in design and do not attempt to sell a product, limiting themselves to mentioning the name of the business. The practice harkens back to trade cards of the 18th century and ancestor of the modern Christmas card. So different trades were giving out cards to each other as a means of saying thank you for being able to help society. Yeah. Uh, there are also charity Christmas cards. So if you happen to donate to any number of charities mm-hmm. throughout the year, you'll wind up getting different cards from these different organizations. And many of them actually produce a special Christmas card as a fundraising tool. So you can buy the Christmas cards. A portion of that will go to help that particular fund. And mm-hmm. then you can send them out to people and more than likely they're going to have some sort of contact information for you to be able to, like a QR code to scan or, or something like that. Or on the back like of it, be like, this Christmas card supported. Yeah. Uh, if you, too, would like to help mm-hmm. out, you scan can visit. This. Yeah. The most famous of these enterprises is probably the UNICEF Christmas Card Program, launched in 1949, which selects artwork from internationally known artists for card reproduction. The UK-based Charities Advisory Trust used to give out an annual Scrooge Award to the cards that return the smallest percentage to the charities they claim to support. Although it is not universally well received by the Christmas card producers, the RSPB produced the first ever charity Christmas card in 1898, selling 4,500 that year. Now, on top of cards, there are also Christmas stamps and stickers. And many countries produce official Christmas stamps, and that's one of the main things, of course, sold at the post office Mm -hmm. this time of year would be the postage that has Santa or some sort of holiday depiction on the stamp to accompany those Christmas cards. These stamps may be brightly colored and depict some aspect of Christmas tradition or nativity scene, Small decorative stickers are also made to seal the back of the envelopes, typically showing a trinket or some symbol of Christmas. And in 2004, guess who? The Germans. Post office gave away 20 million free scented stickers to make Christmas cards smell of a fir Christmas tree, cinnamon, gingerbread, a honey wax candle, a baked apple, and an orange. Now, of course, one of the best types of cards to get is going to be a homemade card, especially it comes from a kid. Absolutely. Since the 19th century, many families and individuals have chosen to make their own Christmas cards, either in response to monetary necessity or as an artistic endeavor or in order to avoid the commercialism associated with Christmas cards with a higher preference of handmade gifts during the 19th century over purchased or commercial items, homemade cards carried higher sentimental value as gifts alone. Many families make the creation of Christmas cards a family endeavor and part of the seasonal festivity, along with stirring the Christmas cake and decorating the tree. Over the years, such cards have been produced in every type of paint and crayon, in collage, and in simple printing techniques such as potato cuts. A revival of interest in paper crafts, particularly scrapbooking, has raised the status of the homemade card and made available an array of tools for stamping, punching, and cutting. Scrapbooking in and of itself 
the things that you do during scrapbooking because um, I've encountered several people, I'm not sure if you have as well or not, that have gotten really, really into scrapbooking. My mom. Okay, so her, you know all the different life. stickers, the yes. all the other little odds different and Different types of scissors they can things use. Things that wind up, yes, that get added into this. Well, using all of that equipment and say, here, why not take it a little bit further and make your own Christmas card? And, of course, that just generated more products for people to buy to be able to do that. So, um, But I have to say that if I were to get something that was made directly by someone as opposed to something they just went out and bought in this instance, I, of course, would, you yeah. know have more sentimental value Absolutely. holding on to it and stuff as opposed to a, you know, oh, yeah, um, I remembered I needed to send this person a card. Let me go grab something. But then again, too, I mean, it lay, he, a, hey, at least they thought enough about you or, you know, you crossed their mind enough for mm-hmm. them to be like, hey, I need to, to do this. Yes. Now, advances in digital photography and printing have provided the technology for many people to design and print their own cards using their original graphic designs or photos or those available with many computer programs or online, such as clip art, as well as a great range of typefaces, such as homemade cards, include personal touches like family photos and holiday snapshots. Now, crowdsourcing, another trend enabled by the Internet, has allowed thousands of independent and hobbyist graphic designers to produce and distribute holiday cards around the world. It's a good thing that uh, Deeds was made before that became a thing. <laughs> Otherwise, he would have been able to get into the crowdsourcing and have mm-hmm. some of those cards made. Do you remember the kiosks in different stores to where you could go through and it had all the stuff where you could make your own type of greeting card, whether it be a sympathy card, a birthday card, yep. around the holidays they had yeah, it. There was one in our mall in Morristown. And and it was a full larger sheet of paper mm-hmm. and then it would pick up the different color pens mm-hmm. and would go through and almost like a CNC machine. And the technology has been around since that long yep. and we're now um have lasers and other stuff oh, that God, have now been we have lasers. We could you know See, uh, now we could apply to that own, same technology. Our own thin wood barrel Christmas cards and laser cut them if we wanted to. We could. We absolutely could. Um, but yeah, that CNC machine picking up those pins, the different mm-hmm. color pins, and being able to. You watched your card that you design getting made, mm-hmm. and I thought that was one of the coolest things, and that was kind of a bridged, a gapped bridge between the purchasing a card and making a card on your own like hey i designed this card the machine may have actually made it but i designed it and you know bought this card for you so but no i actually i thoroughly enjoyed watching that i get mesmerized Mm -hmm. sitting there just watching this full automate any kind of automated machine or the the things that make you watching uh make you a penny or your oh, own yeah, dog, ta- dog tags or, dog or tag. keys or just the whole, like, just watching it all happen is, is <laughs> it easily interests a lot of people. Just Right. It, it's something that's in, it just draws you in. Yeah. Now, we, of course, talked about this earlier, and one of the things that we kind of started off with, uh, but an alternative to cards, of course, being the Christmas letters or the family newsletter. 
Some people take the annual mass mailing of cards as an opportunity to update those they know with the year's events and include the so-called Christmas letter reporting on the family's doings, sometimes running to multiple printed pages. In the UK, these are known as round-robin letters. While a practical notion, Christmas letters meet with mixed reception, with recipients may taking it as a boring minutia, bragging, or a combination of the two. Whereas other people appreciate Christmas letters as a more personal than mass-produced cards with a generic missive and an opportunity to catch up. Those are just chatty Cathy's. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the lives of family and friends who are rarely seen or communicated with. Since the letter will be received by both close and distant relatives, there is also the potential for the family members to object to how they are presented to others. And I remember this, and I saw it just the other day. An episode of Everybody Loves Raymond was built around the conflict over the content of such a letter, and it's fantastic. If you get the opportunity, you need to check that one out. One of the last things that we're going to talk about um, is the Christmas card list. Mm. Many people send cards to both close friends and distance acquaintances, potentially making the sending of cards a multi-hour chore, addressing dozens or even hundreds of envelopes. The greeting in the card can be personalized but brief or may include a summary of the year's news. The extreme of this is the Christmas letter, which we had already talked about. And because cards are usually exchanged year after year, the phrase to be off someone's Christmas list <laughs> is used to indicate a falling out between friends or public figures. That is funny. So we are going to do the thing that we did with the, the Santa Claus episode. And uh, this little part, we are going to end right here for our non-Patreon members. So, thank you for tuning into this episode. If you are not a Patreon member, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash studio66 and there are many tiers or you can just go to our TLD Studio 66 website and there are easy things that will lead you to all of our social medias as well as our Patreon and our TLD Studio 66 store. So, uh, if you want to become a Patreon member, you can do so for as little as a cup of coffee a month, all the way up to our legend status, which gets you even more. Different tiers for different support opportunities, and one of those things that you get at a certain tier and up is Patreon-exclusive episodes content. So that's what you would get if you were a Patreon member, but we're going to cut that right now. Thank you for tuning in. B, anything else before we cut out to our Patreon episode? Uh, make sure as far as the store hours, we are getting ready to go into our full winter store hours, which is going to have us closing at eight o'clock, same as the Newport highway location. So make sure that if you are going to be, if you're a local listening, if you're going to be heading home after work, don't lollygag and dawdle around, make sure that you get out to one of the locations and go ahead and get stuff taken care of because we will be closing the doors and locking up at eight o'clock at both locations, starting after the first of the year. We do have extended hours for New Year's Eve. We'll be open back until 10 p.m. that night. Still have a couple of hours to be able to get everything and get to wherever it is that you need to go. Get to whomever it is that you want to ring in the New Year with. 
make sure that if you are going to be celebrating with alcohol in any capacity, um, of course, coming off of Christmas and going all the way through New mm-hmm. Year's, if you don't want to participate in dry January, I mean, we're not going to fault you one way or the other. We definitely want to keep you coming back in, but the main thing to be able to keep you coming back in is do not drink and drive. Make sure that you always drink responsibly, and we hope to continue seeing you for many more years, many more Christmases, and many more New Year's to come. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in, Legends. We will catch you on the next episode. Unless you're a Patreon member, we'll talk to you again here in a minute. Stay kind to yourself. Stay kind to others. Have a happy new year, and cheers to you, Legends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Between Two Barrels. We hope you enjoyed this episode. For more information about what's happening with any of the Studio 66 shows, make sure to like, follow, subscribe, click the thumbs up, whatever you have to do to make sure you get your fill of this legendary content. To do so, search Studio 66 on Facebook or Instagram, or the Studio 66 playlist on YouTube from Tennessee Legend Distillery. You can also subscribe to our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash tldstudio66, for additional content for all of the Studio 66 shows, as well as gifts from the different Studio 66 podcasts and Tennessee Legend Distillery. And if that wasn't enough, you can also visit our website, tldstudio66.com, where you can find links to all of the shows and podcasts, as well as merchandise for all of the individual podcasts, And don't forget to sign up for our newsletter. Heck, you can even leave us a voicemail if you like via SpeakPipe or send us an email at tldtube23 at gmail.com. However you go about it, make sure you don't miss out on getting even more legendary info about the studio as well as the distillery from Studio 66, presented by Tennessee Legend Distillery.